but fundamentally, a grilled cheese sandwich is, is a grilled cheese sandwich. Yep. And I think, you know, it, it's, it, it's possible for, for a grilled cheese to be a little bit too fancy. From Marcel Proust and his Mad Lines to Nigel Slater and hot buttered toast, we all have strong memories associated with food. I am Natalie Hatton. Welcome to A Recipe for Nostalgia, a show where we talk to chefs, food lovers and eaters about food, memory and childhood. I hope you enjoy the show. For this episode, I sat down with Dr. Daniel Mintz, who is an English professor at Loyola University, New Orleans. He is the director of the newly established Food Studies Programme an interdisciplinary program that focuses on the politics, culture, and commerce of food, so perfect for us. Now, out of all the people I've interviewed, Danny was the one who really understood the purpose of this podcast. He even agreed to be interviewed a second time when he was sick. He's the kind of person who truly appreciates the intricacies of all things food, and in him I found a kindred spirit who geeked out with me about the architecture of a good grilled cheese. To give us an alternative insight on all things food and memory, and for his love of grilled cheese, this is Daniel Mintz. Um, well, welcome back to A Recipe for Nostalgia. Um, I am here with Dr. Daniel Mintz of the Food Studies Program at Loyola University, but you are also an English professor here. Yes. So, I would like to know, what was your favorite food as a child? What was my favorite food as a child? Uh, that's a it's a wonderful question. I, I I think my favorite food is actually probably tuna casserole. Okay. Um, and it's hard for me to say whether uh, that's uh, totally nostalgia, mm-hmm. um, and whether I enjoyed it as much at, at the time uh, when when I was a child as as I do now. Um, but there's something about uh, tuna casserole was a dish that we would have uh, in my house probably every two weeks or okay. something like that, and um, it was noodles, cream of mushroom soup. Uh, Lesseur canned peas. Uh, my mother is very particular about the, the brand of canned mm-hmm. peas, and I think Lesseur, uh, I don't know if it was just when she was growing up that Lesseur was a, a very high-end pea brand, or if it w- just was this sort of slightly higher-end pea brand uh, that you could buy in, in the public supermarkets when I was a kid. But um, she always made a point of telling us, you know, that when when I asked later as, as an adult for, th- for the recipe, uh, that I should really, I have to get Lesseur peas. Interesting. It's just not quite the same without it. And we, we had this, uh, as I said, about every uh, every two weeks, and I just loved it. It's, it's very um, sort of gooey. It feels very comforting. Um, I like a casserole. It's very mm-hmm. nice to have a casserole. Mm-hmm. You know, it's warm. The whole house is warm mm-hmm. uh, when you make it. And, and there was a very nice, uh, I think she topped it with just like breadcrumbs and um, paprika. Mm-hmm. And it had a very nice sort of crusty flavor. But the food... Um, that I probably have the most uh, deep sort of nostalgia-infused attachment to now. Actually, it was not my favorite food when I was growing up, but but it's one that really sort of stands out in my imagination, and that's grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, When I was uh, a kid in summer camp, we had grilled cheese week, uh, grilled cheese day at least twice a summer. This was a sleepaway camp, and we would eat at at large uh, tables with the rest of our bunk. And um, when the grilled cheese came out, it came out on a large platter that was filled uh, end-to-end with sandwiches, which seemed to fit nearly perfectly into the the Mm -hmm. rectangle of the tray. Um, When other foods came out, 
you know, people would take a portion, they'd put it down. There was a rule that I think is very common, probably in uh, child-centric communal eating um, uh, venues, which is if you kill it, you fill it, right? So if you finish the dish, you have to go and get the new one yourself. And so generally, when uh, when we had a, a food uh, come to the table, you know, everybody sort of tried to avoid being the last person to take one of them. With grilled cheese, it was precisely the opposite. Um, the goal was for everybody to take as many sandwiches as uh, was necessary to kill the tray so that somebody else could sprint back to the front for more. Um, and I don't know what it was about the grilled cheese itself. It was served always with tomato soup. Um, but we it inhaled it like it was a competition. Um, and uh, and there's something – I mean, the, the, the sandwich itself was, was fine. Like, it wasn't exceptional um, in, in terms of its taste or its, it was, you know – if you're making sandwiches for several hundred kids, it's not going to be that crispy. Mm -hmm. They've been sitting out for a while, probably. It was a, you know, a little bit moist from, from the steam on the bottom half. But, uh, but it was just this great fervor to eat as many of them as we could and um, to at least get through two or three trays mm -hmm. you know, within the first 15 minutes of the meal. So how much of that nostalgia do you think is environmental? <coughs> Oh, oh, quite a lot. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because, because you're you, at camp. And absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had grilled cheese uh, at home. I've had grilled cheese as, as an adult. Uh, I make grilled cheese fairly regularly, um, and it's never really the same as that that sort of a situation. You know, part of what what was so great about grilled cheese in that uh, in that context was that you know any one camper's individual uh, m you know sandwich was part of a, a greater collective effort mm -hmm. to finish the tray mm -hmm. um and uh, i think in a very small but but significant way you know having a grilled cheese sandwich meant being a part of a a very sort of fun moderately whimsical project <laughs> um, and what, what what do you think was special about the grilled cheese over everything else that you ate at camp well it was very easy to grab right, <laughs> i think it was yep. one, one part of it it wasn't very messy to move on to plates it was also i mean a grilled cheese sandwich uh, we you know i should say for, for your listeners this is the second time we're recording this interview yeah. and and one of the things that you you mentioned the last time we spoke was uh that grilled cheese like mac and cheese is sort of you know a perfect children's food right it's it's a little bit sweet it's got these sort of simple carbohydrates uh, it has cheese it's gooey it's melty uh, it's warm but it doesn't have any any flavors that that you know of bitterness or anything like that and I think that's part of it that, that it's a food that's um, you know v easily digestible uh, satisfies that sort of um, whatever immediate needs we would have for hunger also, it's a lunch food, and I think there's something that, you know, yeah. uh, I don't think grilled cheese was ever served for dinner. Um, and so grilled cheese day was it was something that came in the middle of, of other activities. It was when we were already sort of riled up mm -hmm. from running around or uh, doing, you know, camp drama or <laughs> whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it was that we were doing. Um, and so it sort of fit into the, the, not the kind of like restful repose of dinner where you're kind of tired and things like that but you know it's st you're still excited as a kid there's something really uh really great about having that that excitement carry over uh into the meal into what, what would ordinarily be a little bit more of a pause in mm -hmm. the day um i mean i think you know when we had grilled cheese at camp uh there was there would be these sort of like packets of silence mm -hmm. um when everybody was eating 
but because of the way the food is served, you know, there'd be this sort of like raucous, go, 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 yeah. get the, you know, get the, uh, the sandwich. And then everybody would eat a sandwich roughly in the same two minutes. <laughs> and then they'd go get another one. So it, the meal also had a very yeah. interesting rhythm. Hmm. So yeah. you eat grilled cheese sandwiches now still? I love grilled cheese sandwiches. So yes. how how often would you say you had a grilled cheese sandwich? I would say at least once a month. Okay. It's not like a like a daily or yeah. a weekly thing, but but at least once a month. So how is what is your grown up grilled cheese? Has it changed since camp grilled cheese? I think so. I have different bread in my house. Mm-hmm. You know, camp was really on. Uh, I think all of the sandwiches were made on like wonder bread style yep. packaged white bread um as kids are want to do that's they. right that's right as kids and industrial food yes. procurers are <laughs> want to want to uh, buy but i uh now you know we're more i'm more likely to have it on like sourdough mm-hmm. um or, or uh, dough with sort of a um a firmer texture um i like gruyere mm-hmm. on a grilled cheese i really like a little bit of mustard uh and um you know, I, I cook them myself, so mm-hmm. they get a little bit more of a surface. Provolone is very nice for the sort of gooeyness. Um, and I think what I enjoy about a grilled cheese is, is uh, you know, now as an adult, it, it is really just this wonderful combination of, of very crispy and then s- sort of chewy and gooey textures with uh, this, like, very, very healthy amount of fat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's something about the texture of melted cheese that is so comforting i don't know what it is it's yeah. interesting because of all the all of the kids foods that i've talked about there's been some kind of like warm hmm. melty something i don't know oh, that's interesting. maybe no, it's no like peanut butter and jelly or not so far yeah. but i guess that in, in a way is kind mm. of like filling comforting sure is that true of your own food memories too that um you tend toward remembering sort of gooey, warm. I guess, yeah. Huh. It's uh, for me at least. When I, whenever I have <coughs> a bad day or and I want some comfort food, it always tends to be carbohydrates, cheese, mm. like f- really wholesome. Mm. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things actually, I think with with gooey cheese. It does feel like there's something's been transformed. Mm-hmm. It's really like it feels like mm-hmm. there's been cooking happening, even if there's really not very much mm-hmm. cooking that, that goes yeah. on. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. in, in a way that, I don't know, as a kid, feels like. Um, my w- I used to have uh, crackers um, that we put on a plate. Uh, this is a snack that my mom and I would share when I was younger. Um, sort of spontaneously, but it, it was always a, a little bit of an event. Like my mom would say, you know, do you want, do you think you want some cheese and crackers? <laughs> and I would say, yeah, I, I think I do want some cheese and crackers. And so she'd get out a plate and we'd both, you know, help to layer Triscuits on the plate. And then uh, we would cover the Triscuits with slices of cheddar cheese and put them in the microwave for like 10 or 15 seconds, uh, en- enough that the cheese was sort of, um, Overdone and 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 pitted <laughs> with mm-hmm. uh, the sort of little microwave craters that uh, that cheese get gets when it's um, cooked, not just to meltiness, but to like like a, a chewiness mm-hmm. again. And uh, I, I I loved it, and we yeah. both and it felt like something that we were really, you know, again it was something that we were really sharing, but also the, it was comforting because the cheese was sort of like warm mm-hmm. without being too hot and. 
it you know has a very pleasant even when even when it was uh, you know microwaved to to a gumminess it mm -hmm. still had a not unpleasant texture. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I've ju it's just occurred to me that one <laughs> thing I've been doing a lot recently is baking brie hmm. and eating it with crackers or bread or whatever mm. kind of carbohydrate I have lying around. And mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of my hmm. grown-up grilled cheese is, you know, it's the same thing. It's melted cheese and and some kind of carbohydrate. Hmm. So what, from your perspective, what do you think it is about food that strikes such vivid memories in us? Well, uh, you know, I think that... Um, Proust has, uh, in um, La Recherche du Temps Perdu, has this very famous, uh, not really an argument, but a very famous instance of food casting back uh, his semi-autobiographical character um, into a moment from, uh, from that character's past. And um, he argues that this is a property that's sort of unique to taste and, and odor. That uh, you know, visual objects may remind us of of something, but uh, but taste kind of possesses us or or allows a, a, us to be possessed of of a memory. And uh, I think it is the case um, that you know the, the olfactory senses and uh, other taste associated senses are are um, linked very directly to memory. Um, there's, uh, if you think, for example, about um, a time that you've been ill and have, uh, you know, thrown up some food, um, very often it'll be a long time before you can enjoy that mm -hmm. food again, if, if you can get back to it at all. And I think, you know, in an evolutionary sense, this, this may be related to, uh, you know, a physiological need to... Um, have some sort of aversion encoded to foods yeah. that may have caused us uh, to vomit. Um, but I, I think that that may suggest some sort of a deeper relation between, uh, between food and, and memory. But I also think um, in a social sense, you know, we eat food all the time, uh, every day, three times a day or, or more or, or fewer. Um, but from the time that we're, we're very young, we eat food uh, you know, in the context of being cared for and being provided for. And so I, I think uh, that almost everyone probably has at least some food memory that, um, that will bring them back to a circumstance of care. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, you know, it's even if, if the foods that, that are comforting to us are very different, uh, depending on who we are, uh, I think it's very likely that, that there is for everyone some sort of uh, a food that, um, relates that doesn't just provide comfort because of the way it tastes, but relates to comforting memories mm -hmm. and, and to memories of, of being uh, sort of cared for. No, it is. It's definitely a environmental thing. The kind of context that you eat food in, mm. I think, you know, like camp. Yeah. You know, you have it's it's as much of the memories about food as it is everything around you. Mm. I think. And I may be wrong about this, but I, I remember hearing it somewhere. Um, I think that smells are are processed more immediately, th okay. and, th and that they're processed more directly as sort of sensory input, qua sensory input, than as um, you know uh, an impression that has to be decoded into a, a kind of a conceptual category. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Like that when we look at a tree, you know, we we see the the colors and mm-hmm. um, the the shapes and lines that make up the tree, but we're also um, processing that that visual stimulus into uh, an understanding of you know the tree as an element of treeness, whereas a smell sort of hits us as a yeah. smell, right? Or a flavor hits us as a flavor, and then. Um, we we begin with that experience mm-hmm. and then move on to, to interpretation a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I've been thinking a lot about Christmas lately and yeah. how many Christmas <laughs> smells there are because there are so many, so many candles you can buy, peppermint, mm. pine needles, mm. gingerbread. But it's funny. How, how did those become Christmas smells? Wh- who says that peppermint isn't a spring smell? Mm. I guess it's because of the food we eat. Yeah, I suppose that's a that's a great question. You know, there must be some sort of a historical answer yeah. to that actually about um, the, sp- the way that spices mm-hmm. have been used historically mm-hmm. in, in uh, I suppose, in Northern European cuisines mm-hmm. a- around um, celebrations. But yeah, I mean, I know mulled wine yeah. is something that I associate very much with uh, the sort of Christmas time and and the the winter season and. Um, probably it has something to do with you know warm wine not being something you want to drink in the summer. Yeah. Um, but I, I I know that during the uh, uh, at least the period before the Enlightenment, um, where where spices were used uh, as a, a central element of aristocratic uh, European culinary culture, um, spiced wine was was very much the norm uh, as compared with what we have today where it's it's sort of a, a rare celebration so there's something that that must have happened to mm-hmm. transform um our experience of mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah it's interesting it's like collective memory mm. of pine <coughs> needles mulled wine cinnamon those smells mm. being christmas smells oh yeah yeah no it's true i mean i, I can never uh like walk into a house that smells like frying oil without without thinking of like you know, being a kid coming home around Hanukkah and there being just really? this, yeah, massive amount of, uh, usually, you know, like a heavy oil smell over the whole house mm-hmm. and, uh, and smoke. Thanks for joining us today. And many thanks to Daniel for speaking with me, not once, but twice. Join us on our next episode where we talk to my mum from 3,500 miles away about what she forced me to eat as a kid, as well as where my love for food came from. Hi, my name is Anne Hatton, and I have the most amazing daughter. Her name is Alex. (laughs) (laughs) If you liked this episode and want to hear more, visit our website at recipefornostalgia.squarespace.com or find us on iTunes. This episode was brought to you by Landing Lion. Landing Lion is a website builder where you can create web pages with amazing precision. Whether you're a food blogger or you just like taking pictures of food, Landing Lion allows you to design a web page that fits your tastes best. It is easy to use and customizable to exactly what you want, or you can base your design off of one of their many pre-designed templates. It can be integrated with Facebook, Google Analytics and MailChimp and so many more, so it will fit right in with whatever existing platforms you're using. Visit landinglion.com to get started today.